0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Group void work prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18
1: plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane. And he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life and Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Patrick Maher and company on uh, on the Lombardi line. So we'll see a lot of Brady Cannon uh, this morning. JVT with us in 20 minutes time as well. But let's just hop right in to uh, news that I just saw this uh, just a few minutes ago. Jeremy Fowler. On the report here, Dan Graziano, as well of ESPN, it was the uh, the Super Bowl week buzz exclusive, exclusive content, content on ESPN, on ESPN Plus. Plus. Uh, uh, news, th- on, news on Aaron Donald, news on Sean McVay, but the one that stands at the most was a report from Jeremy Fowler of Deshaun Watson related news. That of course we know Deshaun Watson sat out all last year. Of course, uh, the the off-the-field issues, uh, currently uh, investigating claims by 10 women against Deshaun Watson, depositions of that have actually begun, Uh, even though Watson can't be deposed until less than a week from now. Next Tuesday, he can be deposed for the first time. But in this report, and this was interesting, and this will lead into what we're talking about here to begin the show, of some who will take the first snap props in 20, the 2022 season, including some numbers that I just think are way off. Deshaun Watson has begun evaluating his potential fits, which include the Bucks and the Vikings. We talked about after Brady retired that Tampa, the reports have been pretty extensive. Tampa is going to exhaust all options in order to replace Tom Brady. They're not going to roll a blank. are trying to not roll a Kyle Trask. And you go forward, you have Russell Wilson potentially, you have other options out there. Deshaun Watson is one that I did not consider as a potential option. And if Watson were able to to resolve the the off-the-field issues, and of course has a no-trade cause, but it seems that Watson is willing to waive that for more options than he would have for the 2021 season – that would be an intriguing fit in Tampa. And then the other one, which was even more intriguing to me, was Minnesota. Of course, we, we know Kevin O'Connell gets introduced today as their head coach. Kirk Cousins is under contract for one more year. Sean Watson would be an, a, an absolute improvement over Kirk Cousins. And Minnesota, of course, playing in a division with Detroit, second-worst team in the NFL this past year, The Bears, totally new regime with Matt Eberflus taking over. Second year for Fields. And then the great unknown. We don't know what the Packers are going to be. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, of course, different story. But if Aaron Rodgers is gone and it's Jordan Love, this division is for the taking. And more than likely, it would be Minnesota as a pretty nice-sized favorite. Kind of like we saw, remember, when Rodgers... uh, Looked like he may retire. The numbers dipped. Minnesota didn't quite become the favorite of most books, but a few books in that one-week span. And then, of course, five days later, Rodgers announced his return. And if he had Packers overs and Packers divisional numbers, you were sitting with the easiest wins you're going to have, basically. But Kirk Cousins, trading him out for Deshaun Watson would lead to Minnesota, to me, being an easy playoff team. And it's not like I don't dislike Kirk as much as others. He's solid. He's, a, he's an above-average starting NFL quarterback at this point. But if you get Deshaun Watson, you are getting a legitimate top-seven guy when he is on the field. Of course, everything off the field needs to be resolved first in order to go ahead and actually go forward with Deshaun Watson playing in this league. But, of course, the news over the weekend, Kyler Murray, things not going well in Arizona. And they've gone not well enough to the point where BetMGM, and credit to BetMGM, of course, uh, this great program brought to you by BetMGM. Credit to them for getting these numbers up. And Kyler Murray is still an extensive favorite to get the first snap with the Cardinals in week one. Now, of course, the Super Bowl ended three days ago. We have a long offseason to go through. We know with quarterback drama this can change uh, roughly what? About 40 times? 50 times? But I will say this. If the reports are true and it sure seems like things are really bad right now in Arizona based off that Chris Mordenson report. Plus 550 on the any other now I would like a little bit more than plus 550. But you have to at least consider that Kyler Murray may not be there in Arizona. Of course, our our producer today, why, Tom Check, who's in my usual chair, bringing up the the correct point of, hey, look, baseball is still there. The A's still have the rights to Kyler Murray. That is a, a strange little hammer that Kyler Murray has that a lot of other players would never even come close to having. Now, I don't think Kyler Murray would leave being a – let's face it, Kyler Murray, even even with the injury, still a top-12 quarterback in this league pretty easily, I think that'd be a little nuts for him to go to baseball. But I don't think it's crazy that he's a quarter, He's the quarterback of a different team. Now, I like a little more than plus 550, but think a lot before laying, laying a minus 1,000 if you were to bet this. Other ones that are out there, the Broncos, uh, Teddy Bridgewater versus the field. Now, I – this is one of those, I will say, where I wish that BetMGM listed quarterbacks more than just Bridgewater versus any other, because the any other is rightly minus 800, and this is, that's a very hard number to bet. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is ending up in Denver. I really don't. Because you look at the AFC West, especially, The I know Rodgers is... Had the issues with Green Bay in the offseason. They seemingly resolved themselves out. They could go one more year. They could give him a contract extension as well. They could trade Jordan Love and Rodgers could stay in Green Bay and actually be happy. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, why would you want to be traded in? And look, I don't think Denver's that far off. Good defensively, good weapons. I, we, we don't know what Nathaniel Hackett will be as a head coach. But you would imagine he'll be an improvement over Fick Fangio because Fangio, even though he's a great defensive mind, was not a good head coach. And, of course, we know Hackett is Aaron Rodgers' guy. Of course, the offensive coordinator there the last few years in Green Bay. But if you were making the odds here, because Bridgewater, I think, at 5-1 to one is correct, even if you were doing a list. I think Drew Locke is more likely to be the starter week one in Denver than Teddy Bridgewater, who, of course, we saw play when Bridgewater had the concussion at the end of the year. Minus 800, again, I I, I don't like laying big prices. I'm not saying go rushing, but again, you have plenty of time. But it's just tough to see Bridgewater on his own there. But that is an interesting one because you don't – could it be a rookie? Denver's picking in the back end of the top 10, picking number nine. Do they take a quarterback at nine Unlike last year, where they took uh, Sertan II, who ended up being a darn good player, but Justin Fields was on the board when they picked, and Justin Fields is better than any of these prospects in this year's draft. Rather have him than Wills, rather have him than Pickett or Hal. It's a a tough call for Denver with that ninth overall pick. We'll have draft props later in the show as well, Uh, but... uh, I wish I, I, I we we had a market where it was listed more than just Bridgewater versus Field, because then you really could get interesting with the numbers you would uh you could bet. One more, and we'll go to big blue here. We'll go to the Giants. Daniel Jones, uh, who Brian Dable saying in press conference, we got confidence that he can play with uh, John Mara genuinely saying we have done everything we could to mess up this kid. Which, by the way, I love the honesty from the owner of the team, even though there have been plenty of issues since the younger Mara has taken over the Giants organization. I'm surprised at these numbers. I have a hard time, unless if the Giants trade for Russell Wilson, which I think would be a, a pretty sizable surprise if Russell Wilson ended up as a New York Giant. Unless if Daniel Jones gets hurt in preseason, Daniel Jones is going to start the year. The Giants need to know if they want to pick up that fifth-year option. They need to know what they have moving forward. We saw the massive improvement where Josh Allen was, let's face it, legitimately bad his first year in the the league to becoming this elite talent, a legit top-five quarterback in the league. Now, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is capable of taking a leap like that for year four now, but we've seen enough good from Daniel Jones where I think he's a starter in this league. And for the Giants, unless if you're getting Russell Wilson in the trade, which I don't think is happening, he's your guy. He has to be. You have to see if Brian Dable can coach him up and at least become a, a, a league average to slightly above league average starter. Because with the way the NFC is, and we've talked about it this week, the NFC has the potential to be so wide open that, look, Dallas is clearly the best team in the NFC. The Eagles made the playoffs last year. Giants with the right offseason and the Jones, that's a team that could make the playoffs in a weakened NFC. That's something that probably I'll be looking at once those playoff odds and such come around in a few months. Jim Root of three-man weave. What is he like tonight? What did we learn last night in College Hoops? We find out with Jim Rude next on a numbers game on Visa. Okay, round two. Name something
0: that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
4: Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song,
4: the Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
1: Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
4: And I'm Skip Bronson.
2: It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted-out specials, and much more. So download BetMGM today. Get the app and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account to start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology. Fan-friendly specials every day at a week and much more. Visit MGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. 4, Jog my memory. I got to make a trip to Mandalay Bay today to uh, to uh, make a make a, uh, make a wager with our friends at BetMGM. i not going to tell you what it is, Tom. Check. I hope it does too. I hope it does too. Now with us, though, now uh, fellow uh, Mizzou grad, our guy from Three Man Weave, Jim Root, joins us right now. The Mizzou flag flipped right side up because they've actually looked like a competent basketball team yeah, recently. Say, say, yeah. And For whatever reason, Arkansas is just a horrific matchup for them. Both of those games have been terrible <laughs> this year for our for our alma mater. But Jim, I just want to dive in because uh, since we're on the SEC. Kentucky with no no tie tie Washington last night. They go to Knoxville and Tennessee really handled them pretty easily. A blowout win, an easy cover for Vols. But look, Kentucky's been flying up boards these last few weeks, and correctly so. But Jim, we've now seen this. Tie tie Washington with that injury suffered against Florida, maybe out for a little bit. How different are we looking at Kentucky now, at least through these next few games, where it looks like Washington may not be able to go?
5: Yeah, that's, that's the key for them. I mean, he, he he did start last night, and he managed to play 12 minutes, but he was clearly a ineffective, shell of himself. Yeah, yeah like he, he took two shots. They were both threes. Like he couldn't get anywhere. He wasn't dynamic. He wasn't setting things up for people. Uh, that that was definitely an issue for them. Uh, Long term, or, or at least in the next few weeks, I think he kind of got to pump the brakes on Kentucky. And, and for them, that's the best-case scenario. You got to, like, just maybe take a loss or two, here over the next couple weeks, get Washington healthy, because what matters for a team like Kentucky, it's not a conference regular season title. It's March Madness, and you need Washington healthy for that. Don't make him play through an injury. I think it's, it's most important that they rest him and just kind of figure things out, which makes me want to stay away from Big Blue.
2: Yeah, and the other thing, too, the one thing that I would like to see, I wouldn't mind if Kentucky lost a few games, Jim, because then maybe their futures odds will creep a little bit because they've shortened shortened the whole lot. When they're healthy, when Washington's healthy, heck, before Washington went out of that game against Auburn, they were on their way to winning that game. So uh, definitely a team to uh, look at moving forward. Uh, Big Ten-wise last night, Jim, Michigan State loses in-state college against Penn State. Wisconsin goes on the road to beat Indiana. Uh, I, I want to take Michigan State first because it's Izzo. We know we've been trained to trust Izzo in in March, even with teams that may not be their best. What has this team shown you to say? To say oh, they're actually capable of being a team that can win more than a game or two in the tournament.
5: Yeah, not. Not a ton, to be honest. Um, I, I just, I'm just i not a big believer in the roster. Uh, I thought coming into the year that Tyson Walker at point guard would be the difference maker. He's coming over from Northeastern, a guy that could score, a guy that could set teammates up. But that step up into the Big Ten, into Tom Izzo's system has not gone smoothly. He's been a bit of a turnover machine. And then last night, the other point guard, Hogard, turned the ball over a bunch and had an ankle issue. So they've got their own problems they don't have a go-to score their front court rotation is basically like throwing stuff at the wall a guy plays for three minutes and then gets pulled and they're just kind of rotating cast of characters they haven't figured that out yet so it's going to be like a solid defensive team but they had droughts at the end of both halves yesterday and i think that's indicative of what's going to happen to them come march
2: wisconsin what do we make of them of course an elite player with johnny davis but it, didn't, it ended up not mattering last night because they played so well in the second half to close that game. But in other games where Wisconsin has faced big, tough, big guys, Jim, they've really struggled. Kind of the same deal. What have they shown us other than the fact that Davis is an elite player that they're capable of winning more than a game or two in the tournament?
5: They just find ways to win. And it's, you know, it's a Boring response is kind of what people have been saying about Providence all season, but it's true. Like, look at what they did here in Maui uh, against a healthy Houston team. Here in Maui, yeah, yes. that, that was in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but Davis was incredible then. Brad Davison hits enough shots for them. Tyler Wall is kind of emerged as a an individual one v one scorer on the block that gets a big buckets when they need them, and they defend. That's kind of what Wisconsin does. They got down yesterday, like you said, but they're they're able to get enough stops to where, all right, as long as we find enough buckets, we we can come back. And I've been impressed with the grit, uh, the tenacity that Wisconsin has. And when you have a star, maybe the national player of the year, as long as you stay in games, he's able to carry you home more often than not. So I I think they're maybe not going to be like a a great value because of where they're seated and their respective uh, predictive rankings. But it's a team that I'm probably not going to bet a lot against a March just because of the way they're structured.
2: Jim, let's go to tonight. The biggest game on the board is in Lubbock. Baylor at Texas Tech. Of course, Texas Tech went to Waco, gave Baylor uh, their first loss of the year earlier in the year. Now tonight, Texas Tech is a two-point home favorite against Baylor. Uh, Jim, for me, as soon as Baylor gets healthy again, they look every bit as capable as they did last year in order to make a run, maybe not championship good, but at least to the final weekend. And, and for tonight, Jim, I actually am going to look at Baylor, assuming that injury report is correct. What do you think of this one?
5: Yeah, it's th- their backcourt has that same kind of deadly, deep, multiple options going on when they are healthy. But LJ Cryer has been out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's key for them. He's shooting 47% from three. Like that—that's That's a key guy to have off the floor. And they just lost Chamwa Chachua for the season last game, mm-hmm. so they're going to have to reshuffle that front court rotation, sort of figure things out. I'm a little scared of Texas Tech's home court. I just think that crowd gets up for them. Uh, they're coming off a loss at Oklahoma. They they did get get right against TCU, but I just man, I what they did against Texas, the the, the hostility that they had in that arena for Chris Beard. Uh, I think they can probably bring some of that again tonight, hosting the national champion. Uh, I'm not going to be betting Texas tech. Uh, I'm actually staying away because I'm a little bit afraid of the flip flop with, with Texas tech having one at Baylor, Baylor potentially getting revenge on the road there. But uh, I'm just, I'm cautious because of what Texas tech has done at home so far. this year.
2: That is a nine o'clock start tonight. Eastern time, Texas tech right now laying two. All right, Jim, let's uh, get into a pair of games that you like today. Let's start in the big East Georgetown, who is winless in conference play goes to Milwaukee they'll take on Marquette uh open 13 and a half now 13 and there's even a a rogue 12 and a half right now on the Golden Eagles laying against Georgetown
5: yeah so I'm swimming against the market a little bit here if you know if it's come down I'm on the other side I'm on the favorite uh this is a Marquette team I don't trust as much as a favorite because they're very young and they've already beaten Georgetown by 28 so you have to be concerned about some complacency for a young team but they've lost three of four and Georgetown is circling the drain. So I think this is a great get right spot at home. Take on a team that just they, they give up a big like 15 to 20 point run in the second half. Every time they go out there, Georgetown's got some, some serious issues. And I think Marquette's ball pressure, their interior defensive fortitude is enough to take out this Georgetown team and, and win by 15 to 20 going away for a team that needs to bounce back after a couple tough road performances.
2: Jim, let's go to the America East in a, in a sentence that hasn't been uttered much on this network. Uh, Hartford, of course, who got the bid last year, uh, they stunned Vermont earlier in the week. Game went to overtime, and they still found a way. Today they host the Black Bears of Maine. Hartford is a 10.5-point favorite at home against Maine.
5: love I love Maine. I think the spot is incredible for them. Uh, Hartford is fine this year, but they're beat up. They just lost Hunter Marks for the season, one of their key stretch forwards, and they just gave that, like you mentioned, the the huge home run, emotional effort. They won on a tip-in basically at the buzzer against the best team in the league. That was just on Monday, so now they're playing their third game in five days against the main team that hasn't played since Sunday. They're a little more well-rested, more time to prep. I really like the main coach. Uh, the, the talent on the roster is not great, but as a feisty dog with time to prepare, getting double digits, the mains eight and five against the spread in league play. I, I think this is a really, really good spot for the road dog.
2: That in Vegas, rotation numbers is three, zero, six, one, six, five, three, zero, six, one, six, five in Vegas rotation. Or if you're in a newer jurisdiction, the game starts at seven o'clock Eastern and just find it on your app there. Jim Root of three Man Weave. uh, Kind enough to join us this morning. Jim, it's always a pleasure. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Yeah, appreciate you having me. March is coming. Hey, we're we're less than a month away from Selection Sunday, and tomorrow will be 28 days from the first day of the tournament, which is always, always a great sign. So, Jim Root, everyone, of course, get him on the tweets at Second Chance Points. And, of course, the great work they do at Three Man Weave. Uh, him, Matt Cox, Kai McKeon. Great job as always from the three man Weavers. And big thanks to Jim for being with us this morning. Coming up next, JVT. We'll ask him about something he said to us a few weeks ago about the Miami Heat and how strong he's still feeling about them. That and more on the NBA with JVT next on a numbers game here on VCIN, the Esports Betting Network. has a great offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSN all access to everything we do from now through the championship of college basketball on April 4th for just $29. Sign up now, get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit com slash madness to sign up today. One more time on uh, Jim Roots plays. If you missed them, uh, he's on the main black bears tonight, getting 10 or 10 and a half at Hartford. And he's laying 13 with the Marquette golden Eagles tonight against Georgetown. But now we switch from college to pro basketball and our guy JVT, of course, the host of the edge hardwood handicappers as well. Joins us right now. JVT, good morning. Thank you for being with us today.
3: What's up, man? How's it going?
2: It's going pretty well. It's uh, it's good to talk to you because uh, something you, you said to Gil about, about 10 days ago really stands out to me, and it, it seems you were spot on here because the Miami Heat, JVT, since you brought them up, you brought them up, of course, across the network, but when you were on with us, Saying that they were a good bet in the Eastern Conference, good bet in the championship futures. Those numbers have shortened significantly. Plus 550 now to win the East, to bet MGM 11 to 1 to win the title down from 16 to 1 and 10 to 1 just a few weeks ago. But, but JVT, why, why does this team continue to fly under the radar despite the fact that they're the number one seed in the conference?
3: You know, it's funny. I don't know if it's like, kind of like that bring your lunch pail to work mentality. Like, they're not entirely splashy, even though they're top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency, one of the best teams in terms of net rating. uh, I think it's maybe because we kind of expect of of them at this point, maybe. Uh, But I would agree with that. And look, they're not making those big moves, right? James Harden, Philadelphia 76ers are going to make a big deal of noise because of what just happened. The Brooklyn Nets, of course, because now they have Ben Simmons. We have the defending champs in the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, And even a team like the Boston Celtics, who have now won 11 out of 12 games. Those are the kind of teams that think they're going to draw your eye, but this team consistently just wins games. And as you mentioned, is in control of the top seed. I would say maybe it is Jeff that when you look at them and maybe some of their flaws as a team is they're not insanely deep. I think you could argue that they are top heavy outside of Tyler hero. Then it kind of falls off a little bit in terms of production, Um, but they have continued to win games, even though they have, I think the third most lost games to injury this season. So I'm kind of surprised they haven't gotten a lot of attention, at least in comes to the conversation. To, to win the Eastern conference, to win the NBA finals. But I mean, I got him at 12 to one to win the NBA finals. I'm kind of in on this team from a defensive standpoint that that was well before the 76ers moved too. but I would agree that if you're like drawn teams that you would want in a pool out of the Eastern conference, they're well within your top three.
2: Definitely. I, I I'd even put them a number two on my list at worst, uh, depending on how healthy Brooklyn or if Ky- Kyrie's even allowed to play in home games at some point, uh, you mentioned the Celtics in there, winners of nine in a row. Uh, Marcus Smart did get hurt in that game last night that they won uh, by uh, nearly a 50-burger in Philadelphia. Uh, How much of this run that they're on is real, JVT?
3: Oh, I I think it's 100% real. Like, I I think – So you can question about the offensive efficiency lately, right? So if you look at some of the offensive numbers, they've been put up from an efficiency standpoint, like yesterday, averaged nearly a point and a half per possession uh, against the Brooklyn Nets offensive rating, of 126.9 over the stretch. uh, Their offensive efficiency has been uh, like, I think 12th in terms of offensive efficiency in non-garbage time minutes, according to cleaning the glass. I think those are the issues that I have with Boston. You know, they're still showing here and there that they're a very inconsistent offensive team Uh, at the Atlanta game over the weekend. uh, For example, They fall down big in the first half to Atlanta, use their defense to really come back, hold the Hawks to under a point per possession, but still their own offense rating in that game. 107.1. They beat up on the Denver Nuggets, get a win and a cover, depending on what number you got there. 108 to 102. Prior to that, their offense rating in that game, 103.9. Like their offense has consistently been uh, inconsistent and it's been bad throughout the entire season, but what they've been able to do defensively is absolutely legitimate In holding five out of the last seven opponents to under a point per possession. They are now the best team in the NBA in terms of non-garbage time, defensive efficiency. They've consistently been good on that end of the floor. Now they need Marcus smart out there. You mentioned that. So that's a big injury, but I think when you're talking about what they've been able to do defensively, I 100% believe everything I've seen there. I just want to see more on the offensive end, which is why a signing like Derek white was so important for him.
2: Jonathan von Tobel, of course the host of the edge with us right now, you can hear The Edge, 4 o'clock Eastern time here on v Monday through Friday. Uh, JVT, I want want to look right now at the Eastern Conference current play-in teams, which Toronto at the 7th seed, Brooklyn at the 8th, Charlotte at the 9th, and Atlanta, a half game clear of Washington for the 10th seed. Let's take Brooklyn out of it. Of the other three teams, who is the most capable of possibly getting through the play-in games and then winning a playoff series?
3: Uh, it'd be, I think it would be Toronto. That would burn my, my eye, would go immediately. Mainly because Toronto, much like Boston, you know what you're seeing from them defensively is, is consistent and it's good. Nick Nurse is a really good defensive coach. Uh, the way they can game plan for opponents, different schemes that they can throw out there, everything from straight-up man to boxing ones and all these other things that they'll play on a night-to-night basis, that, that is going to give teams problems. And and they're one of the best transition teams, both offensively and defensively in the NBA. So like consistently, like when you look at just those four, I think that's the one I feel most confident. And now we can bring in and throw the wrench in the plans of who Brooklyn is. Once Ben Simmons comes back, once Kevin Durant comes back, because on paper, that team looks really, really freaking good. But from what we know right now of these teams, I think it's absolutely the Toronto Raptors. And think about it, too, Jeffrey. Like, let's say they were the seventh seed and they win that and they get a first-round series against the Chicago Bulls, that's a perfectly winnable series for the Toronto Raptors in that matchup. And we'll see if they're fully healthy and how effective Lonzo Ball and how it's will be by that time. But I think that's a winnable series for the Toronto Raptors. Now you're talking about a berth in the Eastern Conference semis and whoever knows what happens from there, whoever their second-round matchup is. So, yeah, my eye immediately goes to Toronto in terms of the play-in teams.
2: Yeah, JVT, I think it's pretty safe to say that last year was just a one one, one-off one aberration of just not playing in their home building. Just a one-off aberration for the Raptors back. Good to see them back and actually be a, be a real competitor again. Uh, I want to flip to the West. Uh, same question here for you uh, uh, on these Western Conference playing teams. I know you were high on Minnesota going into the year. They currently sit at number seven, three games ahead of the Clippers, uh, who are the eighth seed. The Lakers, who have just been a misery at the ninth seed. I won't even bother with Portland on down, but of those three teams, it, is it still the Lakers the most likely to win a playoff series of those three if they get through the playing game, or is it either the Clippers or the T-Wolves?
3: Nah, I'm, I'm ready to punt. Like the, the Lakers, I'm ready to get done with this. Like they'll probably <laughs> win one of the two play-in seeds. They'll get into the first round, but depending on who it is, like I'm, I just, let's say they win the eighth seed, right? and they get Phoenix. You know, people keep going back to last year like, oh, they were up 2-1 and then like, no. The, the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul in that series could barely lift his arm. He was half a man at that point, was not anywhere near fully healthy. And I think a rematch of that series would be extremely lopsided for a Lakers team that is much worse defensively this time around. So there was reports coming out of Los Angeles that LeBron expected them to buy into the trade deadline and do something. They ultimately told them, screw you. You guys dug this hole. Now you got to get yourselves out of it. It seems that there's off court stuff. Now there's just issues all around this team. I don't want any part of it. And statistically, they're just not a good team at this point. I would go with Minnesota. Look, look, Minnesota, the way they play defense is extremely aggressive, right? They're top. I think they're three right now in terms of turnover rate, which is a really good thing. They're inside the top 15 in terms of defensive efficiency. But when you're blitzing screens and doubling guys and doing all sorts of stuff, going for deflections, jumping, passing lanes, it leads to some pretty high, some, some really high variance outcomes, right? You can look really dominant one day, but when you're not jumping those passing lanes correctly, when teams are passing the ball effectively, they're getting wide open corner threes. They're scoring a lot of points on you, which is why this team is now, I think 27, eight, one to the over uh, in their current, I don't know, do the math, what is that, 35 games? Because their defense has been a little hit or miss here because of the way that they play. But Their offensive personnel is incredible. They have that death lineup that uh, what Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, Anthony Edwards, and uh, Vanderbilt, which is like plus 14 point something per 100 possessions. They have a a really high ceiling, I think. So we're talking about competing for a Western Conference Finals. I don't think that's the case. But if your question is just who's most likely of these play-in teams to win a series, I think it would be Minnesota, especially in a potential matchup with Golden State, who I think they match up relatively well with.
2: JVT is just a shame that Kawhi can't come back this year because that would just be a whole different ball game if if the Clippers oh. were going to bring be able to bring him back. Of course, I do love that Ty Lue legitimately just threw that in in a, in a press conference for about 15 seconds about 10 days ago. But oh well, on that uh, the Clippers massive bomb, yeah, big time for sure. Uh, JVT, we've got about a minute here. Is there anything tonight that you either like or you're just uh, on this slate of NBA games just looking looking forward to tonight?
3: Uh, Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this. There's two games really quickly. So Brooklyn and New York, look, the Nets are, excuse me, the Knicks are like floundering. It's been pretty bad. They're three and 12 now straight up. Uh, and 5-10 and 10 against the spread in their last 15 games. It's down to 3.5 here against Brooklyn. Uh, I just do wonder with Brooklyn, there's no ball handling, there's nothing going on with that offense. They still weren't even good against Sacramento. If this number continues to drop, I, I wouldn't say no to the New York Knicks. And then look out for this total in Washington and Indiana. The Pacers, if Chris Duarte plays, it gets a little good offensive burst, but the Pacers, uh, 10 out of 11 games have gone over the total. They've been an over machine, 16-6 and six in their last 22 to the over because of how poor they've been defensively, and that's not going to go anywhere against washington so those are two that i had in front of me
2: 225 and a half right now on that washington pacer yep. total uh we're starting to see some fours pop again on the knicks so it seems to be going uh with nick money at least early this morning you can hear more jonathan von tobel on the edge later today four o'clock eastern time here on VSin. jvt thank you as always for hopping on this morning good to talk to you man got it coming up next we're going back to the National Football League, some more quarterbacking things to look at here on A Numbers Game on V Judy was boring. Hello. Then
1: Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No
0: purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that?
1: Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
4: And I'm Skip Bronson.
2: MGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use the bonus code VSIN200 when you place your first bet with BetMGM. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed online for any bonus, for, for uh, or converted into comps at any 20 MGM nationwide resorts, so you can be redeemed online for bonuses as well. BenMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BenMGM.com or use bonus code and use bonus code VSIN200. That's VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. And, of course, uh, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Please gamble responsibly. I made it through the read, Wyatt. Somehow, someway made it through the, the read. We'll try again next hour. <laughs> tough one, you know. No, I, mean, I just. Uh, for somebody uh, who talks for three hours, you know, my other profession, hey, I understand. It happens. It happens to all of us. Yeah. Back to the NFL real quick. By the way, yesterday, of course, uh, Joe Burrow just uh, a sprain in his knee. No surgery needed, according, according to Ian Rappaport. So, when that injury happened, I, I, look, unless a burrow couldn't walk, you assumed that he was going to stay in the game. But that just that scream he let out looks so bad. And again, uh, Cincinnati, uh, they they have uh, they have offensive line offensive line things to sort out, as we know. And I, I'm very curious once these draft props are more available. Right now, you're really seeing just first overall pick and first quarterback available. But once you start seeing every team's odds, Cincinnati, I would anticipate, unless if they go out and really spend a ton of money on the offensive line. Remember, they spent a lot last offseason. They, they they, were the joking champions of the offseason, where we usually know, oh, the offseason champs, that that amounts to a lot. They actually did this go around, actually getting to the Super Bowl. But... That price gonna have to be like minus three fifty on an offensive lineman with their first pick. You think it, only minus three fifty? I, I like think there's like only There is a ceiling on those. Why they're just as why Tom check here, everyone. But uh, look, there's a ceiling on that. But that will be interesting to see uh, for Cincinnati on that. Uh, let's uh, let's go back into these quarterback props from before because it's kind of. This, in in an odd way, is handicapping what you think is going to end up happening in the offseason. So, Russell Wilson, who we've talked about a lot, rumored to be unhappy with Seattle. Pete Carroll is staying. And the Seahawks, who finished in last place in the NFC West. I will say this. Russell Wilson clearly was not healthy after coming back from that mallet finger. He just didn't look right. By the end of the year, he looked like his old self again. Like, I know it was Detroit in Week 17, but they put up 50-plus points. They did whatever they wanted against Arizona the final week of the season and a win on the road that ended up costing Arizona a home playoff game. Heck, that result, coupled with the 49ers' results, if the Cardinals had just handled their business, we may not be talking about the Rams winning a title. That's just how different the whole thing could have ended up being. Russ is, $4, is a $4 favorite, so minus $400 to be the week one starter, take the first snap for the Seahawks, a quarterback. Any other quarterback at $280, i am just trying to think, because we talked about earlier Jeremy Fowler's reporting that the Bucs, if Brady doesn't change his mind, they're going to want to make a big swing on the quarterback, go for either Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. I have a hard time seeing Russell Wilson being in Tampa. I don't think that's as good of a situation as Tampa thinks it will be. You have almost half of your starters are going to be free agents. You include Brady. It's half of your starters, possibly uh, at least half of your half not returning. I don't know if that's the best spot. Now the thing is, though, Mike Evans is still there. You put Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson on, on that team at quarterback because that division is horrible now. Carolina is bad. Atlanta was was one of the luckier teams in the NFL and we're still 7 and 10 last year. So the Falcons are probably one of those teams where you think, "Oh, maybe they'll go over their win And now they'll probably regress back to the mean and go like 4 and 13 next year." So putting Russell Wilson or putting Deshaun Watson on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers The Bucs don't even really have to be that good in order to get back to the playoffs, win a division again. I think Russ is staying at this point. If you asked me three weeks ago, I would have said Russ is going. I think Russell Wilson is staying. Again, I don't love the Seahawks roster. I've never loved their roster except for the years of the Legion of Boom. Post-Legion of Boom, their roster has been fine, and Russell Wilson has just been so great that their mediocre roster hasn't mattered. So, I, I again, I, I don't love laying minus 400. Maybe you get a rumor here that really sparks bets on the, any other quarterback side. And, again, this would be another interesting one where if you had more than just Russ versus the field. Those are the ones that I really am intrigued to see once those end up uh, coming about. Uh, New Orleans, I just want to touch on this one real quick because I'm stunned that Betmgm actually put this, put this market out there on the Saints. Jameis Winston's not going back to New Orleans, guys. Sean Payton's not there. Someone else in the NFL is going to take a shot on Jameis Winston to be their starter. And I just have a hard time seeing New Orleans in a time where, look, they'll convince themselves they can compete. This is probably a rebuild more than anything in New Orleans now. No Sean Payton, Cap Hell, it's probably a rebuild. Minus 500 is ridiculous and it is. Probably is not a bad lay with the, any other quarterback on the Saints. There are a lot of potential landing spots for Winston. But it ain't going to be New Orleans. He isn't going back there. Feel pretty confident on that. So that's another one. And then the last one. Why, why did Ben Jam even bother with this? Like Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback for the Jets. Barring injury in week one next year. Like he's going to be the quarterback. <laughs> he's going to be. The Jets are committed. They're not going to, unless if something really crazy happens where they decide, oh, we want to trade Zach Wilson for Russell Wilson, Wilson for Wilson. Shame Ben isn't mixed in there. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening at all. So I'm kind of stunned that Ben M Jam even put this up. Again, injury would be the only way that I don't see Wilson being the starter and taking the first snap as the quarterback for the Jets in week one. So I'm pretty per- surprised at that, uh, for sure, for uh, Zach Wilson-wise, uh, who, again, struggled in his rookie year, had some glimpses. Him and Trevor Lawrence kind of played a pretty similar season. Neither of them were overly impressive. Lawrence's only impressive performance came the final week of the year where there was no argument. Trevor Lawrence was awesome against Indianapolis in week 18. He was awesome. And with Doug Peterson there now in, in Jacksonville, at least you have a fighting chance with Trevor Lawrence that it was just rookie woes with a quarterback, with, with a head coach that was just so impossibly awful that it just doesn't matter. But that's kind of silly to Bet MGM put that up. The market that I'm going to be looking for, Wyatt Tomchak, is when someone puts a Steelers market up. Because I know all the rumblings out of Pittsburgh. You can't go with Mason Rudolph. You just can't. We know he's bad. And there are enough guys, and look, we expect based off the reporting earlier this week that Indianapolis is going to get rid of Carson Wentz. We assume Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be in San Francisco next year. Even Jameis Winston. There are a lot of options out there that are so much better than Mason Rudolph. The Steelers made the playoffs with a horrible quarterbacking play. They have a third-place schedule this year. Or excuse me, second-place schedule. Uh, how could I forget? Cleveland finishing behind them. Second-place schedule, so you're not getting thrown up against the elite of the elite like Cincinnati will have to. You cross with the AFC East, which is still a weaker division, even though Buffalo's a Potential superpower in the league now. You can't go at Mason Rudolph. When that market pops, I'm going to be, I'm going to be see, intrigued to see who is the second favorite behind Rudolph. Will it be a Jimmy Garoppolo? Will it be someone like Carson Wentz? Could it even be Dwayne Haskins who is on that roster? I would have to say Jimmy Garoppolo. I would tend to agree with you, but we'll see. I'm curious to see what what, what that market is when that pops up because we know that market will pop up. Can't go with Mason Rudolph, though. You just can't. You can't do it. I know they went 500 with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges playing 14 games two years ago. Can't do it, though. Pittsburgh's defense is good enough, and there are enough weapons on that offense that they could actually make a run in the AFC. I mean, they made the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger being terrible. With Mason Rudolph moving forward. Jason Weingarten going to join us next. Oh, I know Jason's going to have a bunch of plays for the Genesis in L.A. this week. That's next on a numbers game here on Mason.
4: Bet M. Bet M. Bet M.
0: Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. Plus.